This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told. It is so good to have you. Welcome to my podcast, where I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And this is perfect because to quote the guest this week, lead singers are awesome. And speaking of the guest this week, we have a very special episode, very special guest. I speak with Mr. Walter Schreifel's of oh boy how do i do this um youth of today was his first band in new york he played bass he went on to form gorilla biscuits where he played guitar and was a songwriter then he went on to be the lead singer of quicksand and later on after that rival schools so he has a very very massive career with so much material so much to talk about and i'm a huge fan and it's hard, you know, when you talk to somebody that has this much material out there and has this much experience, it's like, where do you even begin? And I mean, I could have talked to him for like four hours, but it was awesome for him to take the time. And I really appreciate that, Walter. Thank you so much for setting this up and being so gracious. Before we get into that, thank you, everybody, for listening to this thing. We're at over 70 episodes now, which is crazy. When I started this thing, I never knew what it was going to turn into. And it's been really, really cool to see it grow and grow and grow. And, and thank you so much for the support. Please help this thing grow. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, spread the word, post about it on social media. Hey, check it out. Anything you can do to help really, really does mean a lot to me. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with me, we have many ways you can do that. We're on all the social medias. We have a Twitter. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. Uh, I have a Snapchat, which is at real Shane told. I know it's a bit of a douchey handle, but Shane told was taken. What can you do? Also, we have the hate line. If you're not so happy, you can call and leave me a message of hate. I mean, you could leave a message of love, but that's just no, that's not fun. I want I want the hate. I love the hate. So give me a call. Six, five, seven, six, 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 H A T E. Again, that is six, five, seven, six, 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 hate. In other news with me, I'm going on tour, well, I'm going on several tours with Silverstein across Canada, opening for Good Charlotte. That's a little different for us, I will say. If we have any South American listeners, we're going to South America, also with Silverstein, and we're going to be on the whole Warp Tour this year. So there's that. That will be crazy. That will be very hot. If you come out to Warp Tour, make sure you find me. I'll probably be drinking a beer behind the trailer. That's what I usually do. And also in May, I will be doing a solo tour with my project River Oaks, but I will be playing a bunch of Silverstein songs and covers as well. And that's coming to Chicago, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Anaheim, and San Diego. So make sure you check that out as well. You can find tickets at riveroaksmusic.com. And for Silverstein, I mean, I don't know, just Google it. You'll, you'll find it. You're good to go. And also people ask me all the time how they can support the show what can I do to help, Shane, you ask? And here's how you can help. 
There's a couple of different ways. If you buy anything on Amazon, it's real simple. If you go to this link, it takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You can buy whatever things you might buy on Amazon. And believe me, they sell everything. And uh, you won't even know what happened. You'll just log in as normal. And uh, we get 4 to 6% of whatever you buy. And it costs you absolutely nothing. So it really is a win-win. Um, and the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. That's it. So you just plug that into your browser. Again, you won't even know what happened. You'll just be like, oh, it's Amazon. But I'm in there. I'm in the background. I'm lurking, trying to get the 4 to 6%. But it's crazy. I don't even know how they do it. I don't know why Amazon wants to give me 4 to 6% of their money, but they're willing to do this, and I'm willing to take that money, Mr. Amazon. So thank you for that. And also, we have the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Um, I did an interview with my mom recently, which was really fun. I have an interview coming up with my best friend. I talk to some people that are in bands that are not lead singers. I have another episode coming out where I talk about skate punk. I do a Q&A session every now and then. I go on. I play some songs. We have a Facebook group, which I'm on all the time. All the other fans of the podcast are on there. We have a great, great community. And also, if you want lead singer syndrome merchandise, it's only available if you're a member of the All Access Club. So to get started, it's as little as $6 a month. I don't want to harp on it. I know I talk about it every week. So all I ask is if you're interested, check it out. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Walter Schreifels of Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, and Rival Schools. I know you Hey, Shane, it's Walter. Hey, sorry, uh, I, I was just uh, stepped out. Uh, oh, Mr. no problem, Paul. man. I just had this weird thing happen where I had like FaceTime on my computer uh, mm-hmm. and FaceTime on my phone happening at the same time. Oh, wow. And it was really tripping me out. Yeah, but, that's uh, a no. lot. <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of things, you know. That's a lot of communication in one time. There's a lot of things in this world now. You know what I mean? It's a little overwhelming. It's sensory overload. Yeah, it really is. And like the, the but just the technology thing, you know, like like I got the iPhone 7, which doesn't have the audio jack, which is extremely annoying for a podcaster like me. Oh, because, wow. Because yeah. I can't just go out of my phone into my little recorder. So, well, I can with this with the stupid thing Apple gives you. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have that. So I'm using my computer and it's fine. You sound great. You sound, okay, you sound tremendously amazing right now. So. Oh, good, good. How's your day That's going? Awesome. Uh, so far, so good. Um, yeah, just chilling. Um, got a ticket this morning, but I deserved it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, oh, Mike, I just did a parking ticket. Oh, a parking ticket. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, no big deal. No, those happen. Is it New York yeah. City? Uh-huh. So where whereabouts in New York City do you live now? Uh, yeah, I live in, in Williamsburg and uh, in Brooklyn. Nice, nice. And um, what's like? Are you married? You have children? I am married, and I have a, a nine-year-old daughter. That's crazy. And you, you grew up in Queens, isn't that right? I grew up in Queens, um, mostly in Rockway Beach. But in high school, I moved to Astoria, Queens, which is where I um, discovered uh, the you know where I started going to like CBGBs. Rockway right. Beach is is pretty far out. It's kind of the edge of the city. Um, but, uh, but yeah, story is very close. I mean, it's right across the river from Manhattan. So then once I was there, I kind of had more access to, uh, to just stuff happening in the city. It's funny, you know, like you're a career musician, you've been everywhere, um, uh-huh. for so many years and then you find yourself back in New York city. Like, I guess it really truly is home for you. You know what I mean? When you, you, you've, I know you lived in Germany for a while, uh-huh. And you've traveled around. Was there ever a time when you were like, eh, maybe New York City isn't for me. Maybe it's not the place I want to settle down. Or is there just other factors too? Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with family being here. Um, I mean, as the city is concerned, like Williamsburg's right. a, a strange area. Like it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's you know, constantly uh, changing. There's a lot of just people moving in, people moving out. And um 
but it has to do more with just family, you know, and that's, that's Absolutely. kind of what keep, keeps me here. I, 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 I think it's great. I mean, there's so many people that come through and, uh, there's a lot of exciting things going on. And, uh, so I, I totally appreciate it. But, um, at the same time, you know, I could, I could live lots of other places. I mean, I was, I was very happy living in, in Berlin too, but ultimately I think it's, it's family that kind of makes Absolutely. it, makes it home. Yeah. When did you, when were you uh, living in, in Berlin? Cause I know I, my friend told me you used to live in Germany and thought that was an interesting thing to ask you. Um, yeah. when, when was that, that you were, you were living there? I moved there in 2006, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was uh, the World Cup was going on when when I uh, when I arrived. It was amazing, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, me and my now wife. Um, just kind of had the freedom to just kind of uh, take some time there, and and we really liked it. So we we decided to stay, and uh, I, I still have still have great friends there, and and love it. And the apartment that we got, we kept, so we go back there in the summertime, oh, nice. and. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love living in Europe. And um, at that time, I was just really kind of burnt out on the, the Bush administration, wanted to get away from that, too, and just kind of see America from a different vantage point. And, Absolutely. Uh, no, it's, it was cool. Yeah, man. You talk about a city that's ever changing. I mean, Berlin is mm-hmm. like right now, it's it's crazy over there, man. It's like you almost feel like you're in Brooklyn. I mean, maybe you don't because you're actually from New York City, but I'm like, uh-huh. I turn a corner and be like, is this Brooklyn? No, I'm in Berlin, Germany. Yeah. You know, it's like really funny how that's that, you know, I- idea of whatever um, is cool has spread, you know, in the same way, uh, you know, now over over to other continents is, is kind of a crazy thing. Um, it's funny you say that about going over there to kind of get a new take on things because it seemed like... Walter Schreffel sort of disappeared off the map for a minute. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know, like, I mean, maybe that's just from as a guy, you know, being on stage, being in bands. But it uh-huh. seemed like, you know, you were, you did Ravel Schools, which is one of my favorite things you've done. And um, yeah, in the mid 2000s, you kind of disappeared. And I don't know, I know you were producing some records and you're doing some solo stuff. But, but was that just you moved to Germany to kind of get away and just what was going on in your life at that point? Um, I guess I had a little bit more freedom to kind of reassess i mean it wasn't like i wasn't doing anything but it wasn't like the profile of of you know i guess the last thing would have been rival schools at that time like i had been on um i guess with rival schools i'd done a lot of touring and you know kind of going through the the major label system and yeah and and that whole rigmarole of being in a band for you know for most of my life at that point um had sort of taken its toll and I wanted to see what else was going on. So I started playing like solo acoustic shows and, um, trying to do, you know, different musical styles and, uh, and just trying different, different stuff, you know, like I I wanted to kind of get out of my, um, my patterns. Yeah. Well, it's such a weird time in the music industry too. I mean, that's when records, like people weren't buying records anymore. You know what I mean? Things were fading away. Digital was becoming a thing, Uh you know? So that must've been hard. I I guess hard for you as a guy, like growing up in, you know, in hardcore New York city where like that's everything was bought was vinyl and everything then was CDs. And you know, was that a strange transition? Like being like, where am I at? And I'm in my forties now. Oh, uh, it's not. It wasn't like as dire as all that. No, I, I don't. I, I guess I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't mean dire. But you know what I mean. Was there ever a time when I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" I mean, like, uh, I have more of a sense of wonder about it. Oh, I cool. Think. Okay. I, I I wasn't like in any sort of crisis mode. I, <laughs> I was actually in a kind of feeling of feeling lucky that I could kind of do what I wanted to do because right. um, uh, I was able to. I mean, you know, talking about moving to Germany at that time, like I was able to do it. Like I had enough, you know, uh, I wasn't attached, had enough freedom to, and, and money to make it work. And, uh, so I was happy to kind of be un uh, unconnected to that whole, you know, the, the thing that you were talking about, which is like, I just didn't really care, you know, yeah. to be honest. Uh, of course, like as a, as a guy separate from like the choices that I make, you know, in my life, you know, and for things like that, you know, it wasn't, it was more in a sense of, of fun and, and, 
exploration and not like, I, I mean, of course, like I think digital and all that kind of, you know, music industry stuff. Uh, well, you know, I have my opinions about it, and, yeah. but it, it doesn't really like, it doesn't, I don't lose sleep about it. It just kind of <laughs> is, it just kind of is what it is, you know? So, sure. I mean, uh, I think it's like, there's just cool and sucky things to, you know, to every different aspect. Um, but I, I was having fun to be honest. I was having a great time. So I, I wasn't think of it, thinking of it in that terms. And also just, I didn't have to give a shit what an A&R person thought about right. what I was doing. And, um, and you know, I was doing great. That's, that's great. Yeah, no, I know. I want to go back to the early days. And I mean, obviously, you know, with youth of today, um, and, and Gorilla Biscuits being so influential in hardcore and, you know, going back to those days, like at the time, what, what were you really thinking? Like, was there ever, you know, I, I like whenever someone says to me, talks about like my career, I mm-hmm. always kind of like laugh because mm-hmm. I guess sure I have a career, but mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're just like playing in bands, you don't think about anything as being like a career. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you didn't think you're going to be, you know, in your late forties, like still being a career musician. Maybe you did, but, mm-hmm. but just, just talk me through how that was in the, in the early days of, of those, like of those hardcore bands. Uh, well, I was pretty sh- sure that the music i was making would never be popular so i mean that was it wasn't a career move it was more just like skate it was more like skateboarding like it was just a cool thing to do with your friends and to have fun and um you know if you did something cool that you know it, it was more like that and then it you know even as the as it got like more successful like i i thought it was a it almost like it for a minute I was like, wow, this is great. And then I was like, actually, you know what? This is, this is whatever I'm kind of, this isn't that much, you know, like it, it wasn't getting it being bigger. Didn't really thrill me that much. Um, but the thing that really thrilled me was making cool music, making cool songs and, um, having the fun, you know, with friends, you know? And, uh, so when it became sort of a, you know, it kind of still happened by chance that, you know, I was doing, you know, I started doing uh, quicksand, which was, you know, kind of a step away, you know, from, from the hardcore stuff, which, Absolutely. you know, ha- was, was, you know, doing was successful at the time, you know, for what it was. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I took a step away with, with quicksand cause I wanted to do something just different musically and have different, you know, p- possibilities and, uh, right. And that became, you know, when we got signed to a major label, then yeah. all of a sudden my rent was being paid. So then it became something else. Exactly. And, and, and that, that was exactly where I'm trying to go with this whole <laughs> this whole mm-hmm. line of questioning. Uh-huh. You know, Quicksand was a- ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you guys – and I mean I'm going to say like it never connected the way – you know, it wasn't as mainstream as like, you know, not to say you guys weren't successful. And it's definitely I think mm-hmm. your most successful project. But – um it never connected in a big way, like where you didn't have platinum records um, and you weren't all over MTV, which is probably what the major label wanted. And, you know, coming from hardcore, coming from, you know, doing those DIY tours that I've heard about, you know, with like Youth of Today in Germany when, you know, when like the wall was coming down and all this crazy shit, like all of a sudden someone's telling you what songs to write, maybe. They're telling you, you need to be on this tour. We need to make this video. And was it hard for you coming from hardcore to like do the mainstream rock star thing? Um, I think when we came in, it was actually a, a pretty cool time because as far as getting into the major label system, because um, the the, ra- the record labels didn't really understand what was going on. And so they couldn't you really could argue grasp. They still don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I guess at, at the time, the things that were becoming popular. Right. Um were just so surprising. Um, and so I, I think when we've, it wasn't really quicksand didn't really experiment experience too much in the way of like the major label guys telling us what to do, except, uh, in, we made some videos that I thought were stupid, but, (laughs) but you know, and and maybe did tours that I like, wasn't that excited about that were, that were constructed so that, you know, we could kind of 
have something, you know, the major label people could talk to each other about, you know, but they weren't really like necessarily what I was into. Uh, but those were compromises that, you know, they weren't always, the, you know, like any compromise. It's like, well, fuck it. You know, this is, it's some sort of like, you're not getting what you want, but you're getting certain things that you do. So, uh, that could be, it just wasn't that big of a, of a deal really in my experience with quicksand. But, um, cause I just don't think that they understood what mattered to me was the music sure, more than anything. Of course. And, uh, and so we had a, you know, there was definitely fights that had to be fought, but generally, you know, uh, we were able to do what we wanted to do for the most part. That's why our records sound like they do, to be honest. Um, when I think of how, how our record sounds versus, you know, other stuff that was coming out at the same time, our stuff stuck out in good ways and in, in ways that were probably, you know, when you said we didn't have platinum records. Yeah. I mean, I never thought we would, to be honest. Right. It, it, uh, it just, it, we didn't, it didn't, we weren't that kind of band to me. And right. so in that way, I feel like we were pretty true to ourselves and, and made the right moves. But I guess when I was talking about, you know, at the later stage, you know, with rival schools, things had kind of changed by the later nineties and there was just more, people were a little bit, they understood the target, I think better, you know, where, uh, I guess my point was, you know, when Sonic youth can be a hit, who knows what, what could be a hit, you know, maybe <laughs> sure. quick, maybe quicksand can be a hit, but I think by the later nineties or the early two thousands, stuff like that, I think that the, um, I think the, the system major label system had more of a grip on it and, uh, it was a little trickier to navigate and, uh, you know, maybe more of that kind of, I don't know. Maybe I was older too. And I was just, didn't really want to deal with that shit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's hard to say there's, there's a lot of factors and it's a long time ago to remember every detail. Um, especially when things change, it's like, it's funny how you can think back to a time, you know, and I talked about the technology thing early on. It's like, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to imagine not having certain things that you just now count on every day. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause you get so used to them. And like, yeah. you know, like back in those days, like I'm sure touring was so different. Like you didn't have, like, I remember the first time I saw a band with a GPS, like mm-hmm. in their van. And I was like, dude, yeah. that's fucking cheating, man. Yeah. Like, it's cool. like, you know, you go into downtown and you find a guy with a leather jacket and you say, uh, where's the show? That's what, that's yeah. the, like, you know, that's the way I remember when we were first touring and obviously now everything is so different. Yeah. Um, what did you guys used to do like back in the old days with, with, with youth of today and GB, like when you guys were touring so much downtime and no phones and no technology, like you must have some wild stories just about hanging out. I mean, at the time you're not, you can't compare what it is that you're doing to like some future thing. So it's just like regular mundane bullshit, you know, like killing flies, (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, you know, stuff like that, sitting around waiting for, a tow truck to show up, things like that, you know, like very, very mundane, uh, making fun of each other, um, ju- jumping off stuff, uh, <laughs> you jumping know, just off like, stuff is amazing. Th- yeah. Things like that. I mean, it, it, I think when you look at what's going on now, it's fine too. You know, I mean, I think ultimately a, a, you got to be down for the adventure side of it and, yeah. and, and, and have that kind of spirit of, you know, wonderment and have fun complaining about the shit that's inevitably going to be wrong, be a pain in the ass, not, you know, I just think like you got to be loose with your expectations and then you can have more fun. And I think it's that spirit, uh, especially with that, with that early group of people that I learned to, to, to have that kind of attitude and to where like now I, you know, I, I definitely, there's certain things, pitfalls I want to avoid, like having to look for a dude in a leather jacket to tell me where the show is. <laughs> yeah, it's not always the best, is it? Uh, and by by knowing how to get around those things, you know, that certain level of expertise, I'm able to enjoy it more and, and to be more about the performance that, you know, kind of uh, getting better at, at what I'm right. doing and, and, and really enjoying the company of the people that I'm traveling with. No, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. I mean... It must be funny looking back at those days and some of those friends in New York that you had and some of them have become so successful and you just know them as like your dumb buddies. Is that cool mm. to see? I mean, some of those people from that scene? 
Uh, it's cool to see the people that have still continued making music and, and are doing interesting things because it's uh, it's a cool group of peers, you know that that you know are have been a combination of like had the talent, the perseverance, and um, whatever the wherewithal, <laughs> and you know made the most of the breaks that they got to like have a life that you know the kind of thing that they I'm sure it's i'm sure it's not all what it's cracked up to be but uh when you are starting as like a teenager or something and able to just kind of do the thing that you love through your adult life i mean you know hopefully that's not the end of it and that's not the limits of of your experience but it's pretty awesome and and you know i feel very lucky and and you know i've had a very free existence for the most part and uh definitely the people that I'm still friends with from that time. So it's cool to, to have that kind of peer group. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, it's, it's an interesting career path you've had for sure being mm-hmm. a part of so many, you know, important and influential projects. But you know, what's interesting to me most is that you started out, you know, being a guitar player, a bass player, um, you know, not a singer, not a front man. And this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, so that's you know I only yeah, talk to lead singers. Gonna, yeah, so we're we gonna get into that. That's what oh, I'm it's into. time, my friend. Yeah, okay, so, good. You know, so you know, like starting out being, you know, I guess youth today was the, the first band you're playing. You're playing bass. Um, what was your musical upbringing like? Did you did your parents buy you a guitar when you were a kid? Was there one laying around the house? Like, how did that all start? And then how did you transition to, into singing? Just like singing on your own. Um, I was the first, when I, the first band that I, when I first started playing guitar, I mean, I just was into music. So I I wanted to play guitar. We thought that that would be cool for all the reasons that people think playing guitar is cool. And, um, I had a band with my friend, uh, who I was also learning with and I was the singer in the band right away. So I was, I was writing songs, uh, you know, right away. And, um, and then I moved, and when I moved to Astoria, I started uh, what was then just a band. It didn't have a, uh, a name, but it would become Gorilla Biscuits, and I was the singer of that, too. Um, and it was a trio. But then at some point, I kind of felt it was too difficult to sing and play guitar. And so Siv, uh, uh, the singer of Gorilla Biscuits, was just a friend of mine, and uh, asked him to join as the lead singer and then he became the lead singer. But, uh, in truth, like I was writing all the lyrics and, you know, kind of working with him to like, you know, on the, on the recordings to, to get, you know, to get a cool performance of those, of those vocals. And so in a way, you know, I was still involved with the vocals and lead singing kind of idea, but it wasn't until, a tape of me singing on the right. Grill Biscuit record got Walter out. Walter sings the hits, yeah. Walter sings the hits. <laughs> and so people were like, you know, this sounds really great. And so then I thought, oh, shit, you know, why don't I just sing on something? And uh, and then I, I can just do it directly. I don't have to work with someone else to get some other idea across. Um, and were you, uh, aware, were you aware at that time how uncommon that was in, like, hardcore to have – you know what I mean? For, to have like a almost a ghostwriter for your singer? Um, I don't think it's uncommon, and I think it's. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I don't know how. I, I think it's totally. I mean, Youth Today had people writing lyrics for them early on. I think lots of bands did. Okay. Side by side, yeah, it was not uncommon. I mean, because people weren't thinking of it as like songwriting. You were just like making up songs. So uh, you know what I mean. Anybody that had some words, that could be the the lyrics to the song. It wasn't like. Right, you know, pe- people knew what publishing was. Or anything well, that's like a that. better. But that the thing is, is that's a better approach. And and you could argue that that's part of why Gorilla Biscuits was such a great band, and and maybe was able to to transcend so many things, because all the bands I was in when I was a kid, it's like okay, this is your instrument, whatever it is, whether it's a voice or whether it's a, an actual instrument, and you do what you do, and we try to put this together. There was no like, okay, man, maybe you should sing it like that, like. When you're kids, people aren't <laughs> a lot of times so, uh, you know, what's the word? I don't know. People don't have have thick skin in that kind of way. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's a bit unique, but I mean, I guess in your experience, it's different. 
I, I think maybe I got more into the detail of it, right? You know, because I, which I, I just kind of was learning how to. I mean, at first, you know, it was just like let's get some words for the song and you know make it funny and and you know <laughs> interest interesting, and uh, and then you know I just got more and more into it, and so then as I got more and more into it, I, I just. I, I eventually wanted to kind of take over that side of it. And, uh, you know, and the songs are not just that, I mean, at least how they're recorded. They're also how they're sung, which is, you know, is, yeah, is Siv's thing. Like the way that sure. he takes those ideas and makes them something else is like what makes it something else. But I mean, as far as like my side of it, I was thinking like a singer anyway, because I was like, I was, that's just how I, I, what I wanted to hear. I, I had a, a good innate sense. So anyway, so I started singing from that yeah. and, um, so, and then just yeah, kind of got good review. I got good reviews and got, got encouraged by my friends and, and, um, you know, just kind of took it to the next natural step and, and just pursued it. So the Walter sings the hits like that, I guess, essentially leaking. Um, did, did that give you a lot of confidence? Like if that didn't happen, the way it happened, do you think it could have been a different path for you? Or do you think you were just always destined to, to still, you know, go on to, to form quicksand and rival schools and everything and do your solo stuff? Do you think that was inevitable? Um, I don't know, you know, cause at that time I felt like the whole thing was kind of falling apart anyway. Like not just Gorilla Biscuits, but that whole scene, I just yeah. didn't see the future in it. This, the way that obviously it's kind of played out. Um, but yeah, getting, you know, people telling me that they really liked it made me think, well, that makes it easier for me to do it. And also there was really no, it's just kind of like when you start doing something and you don't have any, there's no expectation on you to be good at it. If that's a, that's a very freeing thing, you know what I mean? So if yeah. I'm bad, well, I never said I was good anyway, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it kind of, it makes it easier. Um, yeah. and, uh, but you know, once I got into quicksand, to be honest, I started to like, at first I was just the, the lead singer, you know, I mean, I was writing songs, but in the performances, I was like the legit lead singer. And that was very fun. Um, eventually I started to play guitar, which, you know, just kind of put me on a different path, but I, I do look back fondly on those just pure lead singing because it's, it's a different thing. Oh, know, it's such a different thing. I mean, and even with my band Silverstein, you know, I always mm-hmm. played guitar and sang in every project I'd ever done before. Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden, I remember our first show was like a, you know, just a shitty like church hall or whatever. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we'd only ever practiced. We'd never actually like played. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. all of a sudden, you know, you don't really, I mean, it was with me, I'm not going to think about my stage moves. I'm more th- trying to remember how the songs go and the lyrics. So there's a point where I'm like, I don't have a guitar. Like I can do anything, which is like both a blessing and a curse. Do you know what yeah. I mean? How yeah. did that feel for you, the like very first show when you were like, I don't have a guitar? I took it a step further, and not only did I not have a guitar, I didn't even have any lyrics. I just, <laughs> Perfect. I just, I think that we, we had a few songs with lyrics, and then, you know, maybe six songs that I would just make up the lyrics on, <laughs> that on stage. And, uh, and so it was very like, um, yeah, some kind of crazy primal scream therapy uh and i would just lose it i just basically i was kind of channeling the people that i thought were cool and um and and in my own own way but pure energy and uh who did you think think was cool at that time at that time uh ray capo was was the coolest i mean in terms of like how to get an audience on your side and, right. and, you know, to project, um, you know, just the way he moved and the way, I don't think I looked like him or in any way resembled him to be honest. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, people like that, Ray, Ray Capo, uh, right. Makai, uh, um, I mean, I mean there must have, must've had some influence on you too. Just watching him for all those yeah. years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess like, maybe like, I, I, like what I like about this dynamic, and this, let me explain. Like, uh, you're basically writing with Siv or writing for Siv, and then yeah. Siv's performing in a certain way, and it's almost like you guys are inspiring each other, which is like sort of a cool dynamic. Yeah, I mean, th- I think it was more in the in the studio setting. Um, okay, 
I, I think in on a, in a live setting, I was just really more focused on keeping the band together. I was like, <laughs> yeah, because we were. I don't think we were like. I think we had a lot of spirit, but I don't think that we were of the, of the bands. Like, and I was playing music today as well. Like, we weren't super tight. We kind of just had a cool energy. Yeah, and so I was. I was just maybe more trying to make the band tight and I wasn't really lost in the performance and also playing guitar is like trickier for me than playing bass. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think with Civ it's more, um, in the studio, you know, working w- with interpretation and, and, uh, you know, and, and that was our, our really cool chemistry. And also we were just best friends too. So like anything we were doing was like, you know, all part of some inside different levels of, you know, it just, you know, we're best friends. So that that's, but I mean, when thinking of like Ian McKay or, uh, or Ray Capo or, uh, you know, John Brandon, these are people that I put more on a pedestal because I, I, you know, even though Ray was my friend, you know, like he right. was, he was Ray of today first, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, but yeah, stuff like that. I was into that, <clears throat> that idea of the hardcore front man, you know, uh, people that were great. And there was a lot of great people. I mean, in New York, there was, sure. Ray wasn't the only one, you know, you had like even Jim Gestapo was amazing. Uh, John Joseph, like yeah. you had these yeah. super powerful, you know, Ray B's, uh, these were people yeah. that had tons of charisma that were, um, that were just really, we're showing you how it's done, you know? So that when I became a singer, I was after all of those guys. And, uh, so I kind of was applying what I learned, but I didn't really do it for that long. Cause, uh, eventually we lost our second guitar player and I just started to get more neurotic about like how the music should go. So I started playing guitar and singing and, um, uh, you know, so I think that in some ways we gained like uh cooler, you know, sonic scapes, but, uh, I missed the freedom of, uh, of just singing. And, and, and also I think when you, you see a band play live, I think that's, that's the difference between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. You have like, you oh, know, for sure. A hundred percent. You're a hundred percent right. You know, Mick Jagger up there, yeah. you know, and, and that's why, uh, I think something's lost, you know? And so I, 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 I that's what I like about lead singing. And that's why I'm really into the band that I'm doing now called uh, Vanishing Life because I'm just singing. And I just did a tour in Europe and it was awesome. It was so much fun. I mean, it was exhausting, but, you know, eventually I kind of got a handle on how to do it without getting exhausted. You and it was exhausting just, physically, like just running around. Yeah, yeah, just running around. What do you do with your hands? You know, what do you say in between songs? Like, what do you, what do you not do? You know, right. when do you. And, uh, and that's, uh, and that, that's a, a learning curve. And, There's definitely uh, a new appreciation, I'm sure, as being, you know, being a guitar player, bass player before that, um, and all of a sudden being like, oh yeah, man, singing, running around singing isn't so easy. Definitely. No, I mean, it, it be, it got to be easier and more right. fun, but, um, you don't have a guitar to hold on to you. You know, it's like the classic, like, what do you do with your hands? You know, like if you have a mic stand, yep. do you just do you just hang out with the mic stand and not move around? You know, like <laughs> all my you know, I think people that do that are awesome because that's who they are and that's the style that they've developed. But, you know, I had to kind of like figure out my style very quickly. And most of my influences are, you know, maniacs. But you know what I mean? Am I in that position to do that? And how, how do I interpret that? And so that was really, really fun. I, I liked it a lot. Do you find you ever have issues with like your voice singing, uh, you know, singing, yelling, whatever, like just just health, the health wise? And ha- has that taken a toll over all these years of, you know, now we're talking about almost 20 years of singing in bands? I think my I think it's like my voice has is aging in a really cool way. Actually, I like what's happened to it over the years. Like I, I've definitely worked on changing how, how I sing. I, I mean, for any, I've made a lot of records at this point and yeah. like each one, I try to not only stylistically change, like, you know, m- music wise, uh, I try to ch- switch it up theme wise and 
definitely as a singer, I, I'm trying to like, I'm uncomfortable singing low. So I want to sing low. Um, I'm, you know, I, I want to sing, I want to, you know, widen my range of dynamics. I want to build on my confidence in, in creating melodies and, and all these kind of things. And then other times I want to simplify it and go backwards and do that with, with a different spin. Um, and so, um, you know, maybe it's more about the lyrics and, and the, the sounds of, of the words. Um, so I don't know. I try to keep it interesting for myself and, and so I can, can keep at it. But I, I like, I like what's happening to my voice is getting mm-hmm. like, I mean, now as I'm talking, I'm getting more aware of it maybe because it's in the morning. But there's a, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I know. You're like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Can we do this interview? I'm like, yeah, man, sure. I'm like, Damn, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but um, yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain, you know, may, maybe at some point it'll turn a corner. And but it, it's, I think there's just more character. It's just like as you have more experience, as you, you know. It, it just starts to sound that way in your voice. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about character too, man, is like, I feel like when you're younger, you know, everyone's just trying to like play the fastest and sing the highest, mm-hmm. you know? And then you get to a certain point and you're like, wait, that shit doesn't matter, man. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's cool too. I think when you're young in a, in a way you understand so much, you know, you get, you, you have such a clear understanding because you're basically, you know, it's a cliche, but when you're young, you're the future, like you embody that future right. and that, and that's really powerful. And so you have an insight into what's going on that just can't be matched. But once you go through life more, you, you find out new shit and, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't always line up with, you know, the ideals that you may have had when you were young, but, it doesn't make those ideals like bullshit either. So I think it's just like, there's a lot of subtlety in, in, in in music and in, you know, just whatever living life, you know? So I think that kind of comes through. And if you're interested in, in exploring it, I think there's some people I know that they're not in it for that. You know what I mean? And so they just kind of like scream it out. I mean, if you, if Tom Araev came out from Slayer and like, had some like was working on some new you know falsetto you know <laughs> it, it, it takes some adjusting i think it would come as a shock you know it might take a couple of records for us to to be interested in tom araya's prog- <laughs> progression his crooning uh, tom araya crooning yeah, on the he, new slayer yeah. record yes you know what i mean i mean we could you blame the guy for wanting to do something different <laughs> you know what i mean but it, it, you know maybe he would have to put more context there you know um and so uh you know but for me i i've been doing that the whole time right you know so and and i and i and and i want to and that's that's the the fun of it you know or or a big part of the fun you know the other fun of it is that i get to travel the world i know a lot of people i get to play shows um you never uh, well i'm i think i'm doing what your love helps and and uh (laughs) but i think um you know that's that's a part of the of what interests me in it, and that's why you know lead singer syndrome. I love that because <laughs> yeah, right. It it is it, it's being the singer is there. It, it's it's such a cool place to and and you know if if anyone's listening, it can be a um, yeah really rewarding, creative, and sometimes really scary and challenging thing position to be in. What ways do you find it scary? Uh, well, coming out with your falsetto, you know what I mean? Doing, taking chances. I mean, uh, you know, early on when I was singing, basically I was just screaming my head off, you know, as, as with as much power and ferocity as I can, as I can. So basically you're, it's working in, in the, the range of, you know, between 8.6 and 10. Um, and if, it's like you're there's a whole other range below that that can make things sound louder or higher or more powerful and until you're willing to like go down into those places and take yeah you know like it's 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 going to be awkward you know what i mean and uh you know i'm not such a great singer but i but i'm totally also don't care about being a great singer i'm just kind of 
into figuring out what I, with what I got, you know? Um, and, and that's kind of always been my thing. And so, um, but with quicksand, it's like, I'm screaming my head off the whole time. And eventually I, I feel like a, it was physically uncomfortable and B, like I wanted to say something without having to scream and, uh, and, and, and see if I can make a go of that. And, that, you know, kind of had to, to take those things. So in that way, I think it's challenging because then as soon as you're not, if everyone likes you for screaming and then you're not screaming, then where's your support system of support and pats on the right. back. But I mean, ri- so rival schools in a way was scary for you, I guess. I mean, starting that project. Um, in a way. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't want to overstate it. It was also just doing yeah. the thing that doing a thing that I was doing but um, of course, like the reason that I was able to put rival schools together was because people liked quicksand. Right. So it was it was based on that, and knowing that you're giving people, giving the people something that isn't that is going to be like, uh, you know, there's some sort of there's a, there's a trick to that and a challenge to it, and and you have to be, you know, have some resolve and and have some confidence in what you're doing and, and back it in in a way. So, yeah, I mean, that's, and it's on you, you're the voice. So, I mean, if, if people, yeah. yeah, I mean, if people think it's cool, you know, people are going to want to talk to you about it. And if people think <laughs> yeah. it sucks, you're the most visible sign of it sucking. So I, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's a tricky thing for anybody. You know, people are afraid to step up. People are afraid to, take that risk but at the same time you got without risk you know what do you got that's an interesting dynamic too though i mean even going back to girl of biscuits like with you being sort of the front man like writing the songs but not being the front man when people found out it was you that it was your vision did that change the the way you were perceived in the band um i don't know that it's really so widely known outside of like people that are that are really deeply interested i think most people who like girl biscuits just like the band right right you're probably right aren't looking into the credits or thinking about it too much. Um, but for me, I did see it as, uh, well, I'm writing good songs, you know what I mean? So I've got something beyond, um, I've got something that I can, I can do, you know, and that's, I think I took that, you know, and you know, I can play bass, I can play guitar. I'm not even a bad drummer. And, (laughs) and so I, I can do all these things and create, I don't just have to do one thing. I, I can, I can do any kind of thing that I, that I want to do. Well, you and, do a um, lot of things. Yes. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, uh, that's, I guess what I was thinking at the time that yeah. there was more possible, there was more possibility. And, and you have all these projects and a lot of them are kind of like defunct or not inactive, I guess is the word. But then a lot of these things just kind of come and go. And, you know, obviously a thing that's happened in the last, let's say, 10 years is the whole reunion show mm-hmm. idea, the one-offs for festivals, the big money that exists. Uh-huh. Um, and you've done, I think pretty much all your projects have done something. What are you kind of doing right now? And how hard is it to juggle all these different things and, like, opportunities? Um, I try to balance out th- the things like Gorilla Biscuits is, has been the thing that I've, you know, people want to hear us play start today and it's awesome. Yeah. And we get to go out and, you know, play this classic stuff and, um, and we have an awesome time and yeah, we get to play festivals and, uh, do all, we get invited to do all this kind of cool shit and it's, it's awesome. But I, I need to balance that, uh, with, you know, to keep progressing as, as a, as a musician. So, I mean, um, I put I've put out in the last year, like a shitload of music. I mean, I've put out four dead heaven singles, uh, and a vanishing life album and there'll be a vanished. There'll be a, uh, um, a dead heavens album coming in June. Uh, so within, within the last year I've done, I'll have two albums and, four singles um you know for those who are paying attention you know what i mean and uh you know it's not in competition with gorilla biscuits but my experience in the gorilla biscuits things or you know whatever it may be i mean um 
they're all are having. I just played with youth today in Europe as well. Right. Uh, yeah, I heard about that too. So that that, that is wild. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So I mean, those kind of experiences definitely fuel what I'm doing currently, which I think is I think what I'm doing now is 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 awesome. Totally. And yeah, how did Vanishing uh, Life get get together too? That's like with Zach uh, from Rise Against, right? And a few uh, yeah. other people. Uh, a couple guys uh, from Trail of Dead. I, I had traveled. I had toured with Trail of Dead uh, some years ago and was friendly with them. And um, those guys, a couple of guys, uh, Autry and uh, Jamie. I was at a festival, and uh, Autry said, "Hey, do you want to make a band?" It was me. Jeff Rickley actually, oh, yeah. and and uh, and uh, who for oh, a few of the guys from Trail of Dead, and we're like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. I didn't really think it would happen, but then the tapes went around, and uh, and I sang on one of the tapes, assuming that the other dudes were going to sing on it too. But it turned out I was the only guy that did it. And Wait, who uh, made the tapes though? Uh, it was the first songs. I think there was maybe one that Autry made, and maybe one that Jamie made. Or maybe there were two that Jamie made. Those were the ones that I sang on. There was a bunch of tapes. I was surprised. Wow. And um, and uh, and I just sang on one song, and that kind of immediately led to, well, at that point, Jeff Rickley had started a record label, and he wasn't going to be in the band, right. but he wanted to put out our records. Right. And um, so we got involved in that. That was and, a whole uh, thing. Man. That's a whole thing, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it sucked in a lot of ways, but, you know, it was also shit happens and uh yeah but we uh but we ended up getting to make this record out of it and uh the record's awesome so i'm really psyched and i think it just keeps kind of it's it's just there and it's really great and that's incredible um, with those guys like i mean obviously rise against still super active trail of dead to be honest i'm not super sure what they're doing now but uh, they're they're kind of slow yeah i thought they slowed down but how that must be just so difficult to juggle all these things, like all these all these different members and all these different groups. How does that well, when, how does that even work out that you can do just go do a tour in Europe? Like that's crazy, man. Uh, well, when you you were saying before about how you know what it would be like for me to be in the situation of like, oh man, you know everything's changed and you know the records industry and all this kind of crap. Like the other side of it is that you can just like someone can send you. A file, and you can put it in GarageBand, sing over it, right. and now I'm and now I've got a record deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And um, we can develop all the songs um, in GarageBand, and then just show up for a weekend in, in Los Angeles, have fun, record the album, and it's done. And when we can set up, you know, we basically you try to find some sort of substantial gig that is exciting to you and you know coordinate your schedules best you can and you know it's not like say quicksand days or even rival schools the record comes out and there's an expectation that you're going to tour for the next year and a half like that's brutal like i didn't i didn't enjoy that aspect of it then and certainly now i have a family like i'm not interested in disappearing unless i'm getting fuckloads of money to do it like it's not worth it just to do it (laughs) You know, I get I get all my fun within like ten days or you know two weeks tops, and yeah. and that's really all I need. So that's been my, in terms of like the old style versus new style. Like I don't need the major labels are not involved in telling you what to do anymore. There's a lot more autonomy with an artist, and for an artist like me, I feel like I'm doing. You know, you know, of course there'd be people that would disagree, but I feel like I'm very in tune with what's going on, which is like doing a lot of stuff, keeping busy and having fun and have, and taking advantage of your freedom. You you mentioned fuck loads of money. I mean, you must have residuals too, like from all these successful bands you've been in. I mean, there must be some records still selling, streaming, all that stuff. Like that must be a nice Uh, luxury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I'm able to, that's how I'm able to continue to do, you know, two new bands at once. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, have them, although, you know, we have record label and there is other people helping it out. But for me personally, like that's how I'm able to afford that. And also to, to be a, 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 you know, have a family and do those kind of things, but you know, shit, that's my work. So that's, 
it's you know it is what it is so I'm, I'm psyched about that well, i don't want to take up too much of your time i do i want to ask you a little bit about, about some of the producing you've done is, uh-huh. that, is that something that you enjoy because a lot of people they slow down as they get you know a little bit older uh-huh. and they're maybe they not to say they lose the they don't lose the, the passion for performing, but maybe uh-huh. the traveling and you say like the, the whole going on the road for a long time. I'm yeah. also, you've produced a couple great records and, and some stuff more recently, uh, like Title Fight. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, I'm kind of wondering if that's something that you enjoy that you want to keep doing or if it's something that oh, you don't yeah. enjoy as much as performing. No, I love it. I don't. I don't think that one is like versus the other in any sort of way. Oh, okay. Like, okay. If I can... Um, if it's just like another cool thing to do, like, uh, you know, title fight was, was amazing. Uh, because you, when you get inside a, a band and I've, I've worked with just everything I've ever produced, I've, I've really gotten into and, and really dig. And, um, it, it's just like, for example, like title fight, like here's a band that, you know, sought me out, you know, and had, I didn't know who they were. And they were yeah. following my work and they wanted to work with me. It's like, okay, cool. So what is this like? And I'm listening to it and it's like, fuck, this is really good. Like, um, so I'm connecting to something that I didn't know about. And then I get to work with them. Uh, and, and by producing, you know, you're kind of being invited into the band. And so you get to understand what it is that they're doing. That's great. And you get to be part of that chemistry and uh help them to um hopefully bring it to to greater heights and and to definitely and to and to be smart enough to stay out of the way when they when they're when they got it right already and and to make sure (laughs) Sure. that that, make sure that nothing gets in the way of what they're already doing and um that's a that's not only a service that i appreciate when it's done for me but when I'm doing it, I feel like I'm just getting so much out of it creatively. And, uh, you know, I, I wish that I, I'm not an engineer. I think if I was an engineer, right. I would do more of that work. But I'm really just more of a vibe man. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a song guy. And, um, you know, I'll kind of like just get into the song and the vibe of the performance. Um, if I was a, yeah, if I was an engineer, I'd probably do a lot more producing because, you know, although, you know, I don't really like being in a studio every day for three weeks. Like that's not exactly my thing either, but I do it often enough that I, I dig it and I, d- I haven't gotten sick of it. That's right, man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you remember, uh, remember when GB was doing, uh, the, I think kind of like one of the first waves of reunion shows you guys played Toronto that's uh-huh. where I'm from. And you, oh, you cool. played a, you played an acoustic song where you where you acoustic show after which I guess you were doing a lot of, uh-huh. uh, and you, you wrote a song about not being able to p- uh, pronounce all the street names in Toronto. Do you remember the song? Oh my god! Sometimes I just like make, uh, I don't know. I just know there's awesome street names in Toronto. <laughs> like like you know it's Spadina, but you were like is it Spadina, Dundas yeah, or Dundas? Oh Dundas, Blor, Blor's one Blor, of my Blor. favorites. <laughs> Uh, um yeah i don't know i was probably uh, hopefully not obnoxious to the people that live on those live on those fine streets but uh i love toronto i i think it's such a i have so many good friends there and it's an awesome city it's yeah man it's a blast it's home for me so yeah lucky thanks so much for taking the time uh anything you Uh want to tell the people about what what's coming up for you um yes uh well i guess you know vanishing life is kind of is still uh check out that record it's I, I mean, whatever. Far be it for me to I'll say. I'll play but one I think of your that, songs. I always play music on this podcast for people to check out. So let me know which. Uh, I'll, I'll play one of the songs. Which one should I play? I, I would start with Realist. It's okay. like five, cool. five, five minutes of sick power. All right. Um, and uh, Dead Heavens is another band that I'm doing, and uh, I play lead guitar and sing. And uh, it really is where I learned how to play lead guitar. That's kind of the special thing about dead heavens and uh we have a record actually coming out on a canadian label dying alone and dying alone, um, which is also a reference to uh quicksand isn't it yes yes it is that's a and, big uh, when you heard about that were you stoked that they called their label yeah. after yours after one of your songs yeah for sure i mean they they asked me first of course so it wasn't uh, i it, they were cool enough to to seek out my permission or, or approve not right. a, i don't know permission approval whatever blessing is what they wanted yes blessing and um, if you told them to fuck off would they have called, called it that anyways maybe uh i think <laughs> i think definitely not i think they, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding I know. um yeah they um 
but yeah so that's uh i would check out those two things nice. and uh there's going to be a dead heavens record in june and uh yeah the vanishing life record is out perfect man. well thanks uh, so much again for taking the time and uh have a great morning in new york awesome man pleasure talking right, with yeah, you take man care, well. take care bye-bye
So there's my conversation with Walter Schreifels and also some of his new music. Make sure you check it out. It really is inspiring how many projects he's working on all the time. And wow, I mean, he's done so much rad stuff over the years. And I mean, as a super fan of his, this was pretty cool for me. I mean, my email address when I was a kid was rebirth of hardcore pride at hotmail.com. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. And uh, I want to thank again, Walter, for doing this. Uh, if you're new to the show, if you just started listening to this, this is the first time you've heard it. We have lots of great episodes, lots of hardcore singers I've talked to. So go back, check it out, make sure you're subscribed. And if you really like it, please go write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. All that stuff helps this thing grow. Before I go, I want to leave you with one last song. I know some people listening to the show probably aren't super familiar with all the stuff Walter has done, and that's fine. That's part of what this is. Part of this is about discovering, you know, not just new music, but even old music. And, and I mean, even me, so immersed in music, I don't know all the classics. I don't know everything that's come out. So part of this is about learning where the music of today came from. So I'll leave you with a classic. I know Walter doesn't sing on this song, but if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. And if you've heard it before, I know you want to hear it again. So here it is, Gorilla Biscuits with New Direction. Thanks a lot. I hope you have a great week. And I'll see you next Monday. Peace and love. Excuses for us, sitting here looking back.